0: This is episode number 192 with Kimberly Guilfoyle. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Now, Kimberly Guilfoyle is an incredible woman, and I had such a fun time connecting with her. I think you're going to get a lot out of this interview. For those that don't know, she currently serves as a co-host of Fox News The Five and is part of a rotating panel on Fox News channels Outnumbered. She also appears regularly on The O'Reilly Factor, Hannity and other programs. And prior to the Fox News channel, Guilfoyle served as a legal analyst for ABC News and was featured regularly on ABC's Good Morning America. She has covered major legal cases, including OJ Simpson, Kobe Bryant, and Michael Jackson. And before her career in broadcast television, she served as an assistant district attorney at the San Francisco and Los Angeles district attorney's offices. She 's an author of a new book and a national bestseller, "Making the Case: How to Be Your Own Best Advocate." And she has won many awards, and in this episode, we talk about how to make the case for yourself, how to be the best advocate in your career, in your relationships, and she tells some great stories about what she did to sell herself up to win, to make the best case when she didn't have the best opportunity, how she got her foot in the door to get to where she is, each step along the way to help her achieve her success. I think you're going to get a lot out of this, and I'm very excited to introduce you to the one, the only, Kimberly Guilfoyle. your next 12-pack, head to Amazon and use promo code 20 Leaf. That's promo code 20pureleaf for 20% off.
1: Take your business further with a smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at Select Business Merchants.
0: Welcome, everyone, back to the School of Greatness podcast. Very excited about today's guest. Her name is Kimberly Guilfoyle. Thank you so much for coming on, Kimberly.
1: Thank you, Lou. It's a pleasure to be on your show today, and I love it. The School of Greatness, right? That says (laughs) it all. That's where I live. I live and breathe in the School of Greatness because every day there's new possibilities. I wake up in the morning, I'm excited, and I want to see how I can make a difference in my life and the lives of others, and that's why I wrote this book, Making the Case, How to Be Your Own Best Advocate.
0: I love it. Yeah. And I uh, I saw it in Barnes & Noble recently and it's a national bestseller. So congratulations on that. Thank um, you. And you're all over the news and you've been all over the news for years. Can you tell uh the listeners a little bit about what you're doing right now uh, on the news and which shows you're on?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I am co-host of The show called The Five at the Fox News Channel. It's national and international. And this is a show where five people sit around the table and we talk about the issues. We debate, we discuss the issues, we do news of the day. We'll talk about everything from foreign policy to national security. We'll go later in the program and talk about business, finance, money issues, taxation, go through all the stuff in the government and the latter half of the show we'll do a little bit sometimes lighter items and em- entertainment, pop culture, kind of water cooler. I'm like, what are people talking about, you know, around the office or, you know, in the neighborhood? What's like the talk of the day, kind of like the hot topics. So it's become wide, um, you know, widely successful. And one of the things that's interesting is we were the replacement for Glenn Beck, which was a huge, huge success. So it was very difficult to, to fill those shoes. And Roger Ailes, who's a great, great innovator, an entrepreneur, a great thinker, said, what do I do? I don't want to burn out one, you know, great talent at Fox to try to put them in to put them head to head to compete with the numbers that Glenn Beck was getting. So he decided to put five of us at a table. So there wasn't a focus on any one talent, sort of spread it out. He's always been a big believer. You promise you over, you know, deliver. We do kind of like a slow rollout, soft launch, so that you kind of let let it build. And it's really worked to, as a, I guess, a model, business model for him in television. So we were some of the most widely watched um, talent on Fox. We had, were appearing on all the big shows like Bill O'Reilly and Sean Hannity and Greta Van Suster and Megan Kelly. And they said, listen, this is who people tend to click and resonate mm. with. They're big personalities with ideas and thoughts. They're provocative, unabashed, fearless. So he put us at the table and it's kind of like Thanksgiving dinner gone wild. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know?
0: And did you always yeah, wanna so good. Did yeah. you always wanna be on the news or how did you come out? Yes. Yeah.
1: Well, it's interesting because my background is rhetoric and communications. I went to UC Davis school, go Aggies, and I also attended then USF Law School. So from an early age, and this is the whole genesis of the book, my father raised me to be a strong advocate for myself, to really wanted to develop my self-esteem and my self-confidence to make sure that I could stand on my own two feet. He told me anything a boy can do, you can do better. Like he was that kind of like motivational person. So that's why I say I am where I am today today in life because I had the greatest coach. He was constantly trying to mentor and reach into me to pull out what he saw was great talent, ability, passion, and ideas because that's not easy to do. You don't wake up one morning and all of a sudden say, I'm going to be winning and killing it in life. You can't. You have to develop it. You have to get into your own head, which is usually our, our biggest enemy because inside the head, that's where fear, uh, rejection, all those concerns – kind of just sitting there lying in wait to mess with you, to prevent you from achieving the ultimate happiness that you could um, have in your life. And so he wanted me to get out of that, meaning my mother passed away when I was 11 years of age from leukemia. So my dad said, what am I going to do with this sweet girl who has a huge heart that is broken in a million pieces and is a little shy? Mm-hmm. Uh, he really wanted to develop and cultivate my talent and ability because, you know, also, uh, you know, as a young girl growing up, a lot of times and I had my brother. I was like, well, what can Kimberly do? So when my mom passed away, he put us both in private lessons in Shaolin Kempo and karate, right, to physically build our strength and also mentally because you can't feed one without the other. So we both became like stronger to push through this. And he said, you've just gone through something that is probably the most horrifying and horrible experience, you know, that you're going to have in your life. There's nothing now that can come at you that you will not be able to handle. Mm you're warriors you can battle through this you're tough. So from there then he said when i wanted to do something or you know approach him about whether it was a school trip or getting something he said "Kimberly go to your room put your facts together your argument i want you to then come back upstairs here after you have thought this through and you're prepared make your case to me and i will tell you my answer. Never be afraid of the no." Mm. That's what he said to me. Yes, yeah. be is when you're worried in Yeah. And that's what he started. So it was like, yeah, the great Santini. So he was sitting there making these, you know, whole motivational speeches to me to say, you can do this. You can achieve this in life if you put your mind to it and you put your heart into it. Mm -hmm. So I would make the arguments to him. And some days I won and he would say yes. And there were days that I didn't. And he said no. So what happened from that was I learned to prepare and improve my game and my Mm -hmm. ability.
0: Wow, so did you right? join the, did you join the debate team in high school as well?
1: Yeah, I was in the debate team, speech and debate as so I cultivated it, you know, from there I went to to became class um, you know, vice president. It was interesting because one of my best friends at the time, Maura Devlin, was running for president of the senior class, okay? And I was her campaign manager and I was writing speeches and preparing all the things and my dad said, "Wait a second. This is fantastic. I love your strength, your loyalty to your friends." all of the above. But you are a great public speaker. You are an incredible follow through. You're bright and talented. You treat people in a loving way. He said, you're always looking out for others. Why don't you run for I think you might be able to really serve your class and your school. I was like, wow, I never thought about that. So then I did. And then I ran as well and became the vice president. So we were a great team together. It's things like that. Or when I wanted to develop a fast pitch, you know, softball team at my school. Right. And I was trying out at the time, so I'm going to go be cheerleader. Okay. Mm-hmm and my dad said okay fantastic i love that you're going to support you know as i went to all girls private catholic school mercy high school in the bay area in san francisco and so i said oh my girlfriends are on the you know cheerleading squad and i'll just be able to be great and cheer for my friends my dad says fantastic have you thought about actually playing you've been playing this for <laughs> you're a really talented athlete he goes try out for the team worst case scenario you don't make it but at least you know you've tried right? Nothing ventured, nothing gained. Went out, made the team kicked major butt and became captain of the varsity fast pitch as a sophomore in high school. And we won every championship year after that. So that's what I'm talking about. But I had somebody that was mentoring me and coaching me to feel good about myself to say, you know, achieve it, you can, you know, believe it, you can achieve it. And that's what I was, I was literally everyday coach like that in a really good way. Like, you know, try Like don't be afraid, don't be shy, don't be, you know, holding yourself back. And he really taught me about that. So I've always had a very strong mental game Mm. because of this development
0: sure now I'm curious you know I'm sorry to hear that you you lost your mother at such a young age Mm. and I'm curious do you feel like you would have been as driven with Mm -hmm. uh, you know with her in your life
1: yeah it's so interesting that you say that I think my father worked extra hard to make sure that I wasn't um, sidelined and sidetracked emotionally um, after she passed away so before she did I loved soccer, okay, because mm-hmm. I love team sports. I love to be part of a team and set goals and just, like, be together, like, let's do this. So I loved soccer, but there was no girl team. So my mom said, listen, you're pretty good, practice, I was playing with my brother, it was really good. He went down and made. She, went, she made the case to the coach. So my daughter loves soccer. You know, we just don't want to be here to like provide the oranges for the team. Can you give her a tryout? And if she's good, you can make the exception and put her on. If she is bad, I want you to cut her. Like don't put her on just because she's the girl. You know, and I translate that even into the election right now with, you know, Hillary Clinton running. And I tell people, sure, it'd be fantastic to have a female president, but I'm not going to vote for somebody just because I'm going to check the, you know, the gender box and say, I, you know, I said, you know who I think would be great. And I said, this when I was on The View last night. I'm like, Condoleezza Rice. Now that is a candidate I could mm-hmm. get behind. So on The View, everyone was like, whoa, that was like a drop the mic moment. They're like, <laughs> whoa, she's got a point. You know, because what were they going to argue with that, with Condoleezza Rice? I don't think right. so. So, you know, maybe I, you know, ideologically, but not in every other way. So that that's my point. Like she did help create this finished product because of how she wanted me to be. And I think especially because she was a little bit more shy for herself. I'm um, despite the fact that she was so 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 super talented, she wanted me to free myself and so she started it early on and then my dad picked up, you know, the pace with it and continued sort of like past the baton. Right, right, right. Gotcha.
0: So after after high school and college then were you did you want to be a lawyer? Did you want to get into that practice or
1: mm-hmm.
0: what was the next step for you? Um
1: after after high school
0: yeah, after high school and then in the college, yeah. what was the next thing for you? Believe
1: it or not, even in high school, because you mentioned the speech and debate, I really thought, wow, I love advocating and making the case on behalf of other people. I, felt, I feel really pure about it when I do that. That's like a noble cause to help those who don't have a voice for themselves. Sure. That's when everybody started saying, gosh, Kimberly, you would be a fantastic attorney. My father mm-hmm. loves education. My mother was an educator. She worked with um, special needs children. She was, um, you know, children with learning differences, emotional challenges and so I used to go even in the classrooms with her so I saw you know a family model of giving back and giving back to the community and working you know well with others so I definitely developed the passion then to do it and so then I said well let me try and do some internships things like that so right away then when I was in college at UC Davis I went ahead and got an internship at the Yolo County DA's office. You know, I found hmm. it somewhere on the map and I would make my way there. I also worked at closed time because the girls got to make some money as well. <laughs> and I was a manager. And then while I was doing that, I also ended up getting a job modeling and commuting back and forth to San Francisco to pay for law school because by then I knew after being in the DA's office that I wanted to be a prosecutor and I got discovered at the close time when a lady came in with her daughter and I on her daughter, daughter, daughter and she says, oh, yeah, she's doing this, you know, modeling to make money for law school. I said, well, I'm working here to make money for law school. And at the time I was making $6 an hour because it was a management position versus normal minimum wage. that was like four and a quarter, right? I was feeling pretty amazing and big time. I was working 40 hours a week at that job. Plus my internship. Plus I had a full load, you know, full maxed out on units at Davis. I was on the Dean's list 4.0, Perfect attendance. I mean, you get what I'm saying. A little bit of a, you know, I push myself. Yeah, I know. I know. It's like, it could be kind of annoying, except it's actually kind of awesome. So, um, did all of that, and then I was like, wow, somebody wants to take pictures of me and pay me like a lot of money. So, yeah, I still kept that job for a bit because I didn't want to abandon them, and then did that job, made all the money for law school, and that allowed me to do the job that I wanted in public service as a DA because that job doesn't pay so well, right? right. But I always tell people don't be afraid to take the job that makes you feel like you're following your bliss you know, that you feel good about when you go to bed at night and you wake up in the morning and you're making a difference. I was able to make a choice about a career because I I didn't have the student debt that so many of the young people Mm -hmm. out there have these days, but they're like, wow, what am I going to do about this economy? What am I going to do about this, you know, student loans? You even see it still affecting somebody like Marco Rubio, who's running for president of the United States of America. And they're like dissing him because he still has student loan debt or he's had some challenges with trying to pay it off. I get it. You know, for sure, at least get a job and then you can always pivot and say, let me see if I can fine to this, let me see if I can monetize it, because I think you will agree with this, Lewis. if you are able to do something that you are really passionate about, and you have that entrepreneurial spirit, and you're working, willing to work your butt off, okay, to make things happen, and you're not looking for a handout or an entitlement, you want to unleash your power within, you could do it. I do believe you can make money doing what you love, sure. and you know, then I was able to do that, like from DA's office getting hired, working the LA DA's office, San Francisco DA's office, and making that pivot, that transition to be able to work, you know, in television and, and sure, I could have stayed in a very safe cocoon and, people who are familiar, you know, with my background or my bio that's on News.com or on my Facebook pages, any of that stuff, you'll see that, you know, I was working and tried a very high profile case, a dog mauling case out of San Francisco. It got a lot of national attention. I ended up getting six offers to work in television in New York. Wow. So it wasn't that I all of a sudden woke up one day and said, I want to work in TV. It sort of was a natural progression in terms of having a communications background, becoming a prosecutor, being hard charging, taking the cases that nobody else wanted to take, trying a tremendous amount of cases because I didn't take any days off and, you know, I've worked through weekend holidays to be able to prepare myself just like I do here, you know, right. and that's how I made opportunity at Fox to transition from just being a legal analyst because when other people were like, I want to be off for the holidays or the weekends, you know, God bless, they've got family they want to be with, I get it I was trying to achieve and make the case for myself to be considered for general news, so I said, give me a chance like, put right. me in, coach, you know right, like, right. let me, let me uh, pinch it." And that's how it was able to happen, like one thing leads to another. And I could have stayed in San Francisco. I was first lady of San Francisco. I was married to the mayor, Gavin Newsom, who is now lieutenant governor of uh, California, still stay in very close contact with him. He just texted me about an hour ago saying congratulations, you know, on the book and that he's reading it. So, you know, and it's about the, the power of relationships, the connections you make. So when I saw these opportunities, like, wow, something's happening in the universe. I want to listen. I want to pay attention. And I got these offers. I was like something is pulling me, you know, almost gravitationally towards the East Coast to make this happen. And I was happy with what I was doing and where I was, but I wanted to be courageous. Like, I really believe that I was put on this, you know, planet to be fearless, to be courageous, especially because of the things that I've gone through and that I've, like, persevered. I didn't let that, like, define me or be, like, my last chapter. I was like, let's Mm. keep redefining. And especially because, you know, my father died Thanksgiving night five years ago. You know, I'm on my own. I I have a brother in L.A., but, you you know, what am I going to do? I have to honor that legacy. And the valuable lessons that they gave me uh, make them proud, and that's why I, you know, put pen to paper and did mm. this book.
0: I love it. I love it. You are a powerhouse. I love your energy. Uh, that was
1: the longest run-on <laughs> sentence
0: in America. I love it. Uh, a couple mm-hmm. things I want to mention from that that I pulled from that. One is I cool. love that. You, I love that you talked about. You know, you can make a full-time living doing what you love, and that's actually. Yep. That's my mission right now is to serve 100 million people to show them how to make a full-time living doing what they love. So I love that you mentioned that because that's that's what I do. That's what I teach people to do. Yep. I feel like if people are making a full-time living doing what they love, that's actually this may sound a little lame, that's actually what's going to heal the world because you're going to feel more fulfilled, you're going to treat other people's with respect, you're going to treat yourself with respect, and you're going to be passionate every single day, which is creating that energy around you as well. So mm-hmm. I think I think it's possible. I agree with you.
1: That's a, that's a fantastic formula, isn't it? And you're creating a goodwill in the universe because people are doing things that they feel good about, that they're passionate about. That's why I tell people, don't get caught up in the dollars and cents, like, right away from the get-go because then you start to get comfortable, you're getting that check, and you're gonna sit in your nice little bubble, Mm -hmm. you know, and just sit there and be like, oh, I'm not gonna take risks, but you could be really missing out. And if you go ahead, take a little bit of a risk, do something you enjoy, you can monetize it. Yes. You can do it. We've seen this example over and over again with people that have been able to translate a passion into dollars.
0: Exactly. And especially now more than ever in the last ten years with the internet. Anything is possible. Uh-huh. Building That's a business true. online. So it's 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 amazing the possibility.
1: You can run it from anywhere.
0: Anywhere. Go about building a case. You know, there's a lot of entrepreneurs who are listening here, but some people who have jobs, some people who maybe are, you know, looking to go get in a relationship and build a case for that. There's lots of different things you Mm -hmm. can build a case for. What are like Mm -hmm. the building blocks in any situation, whether you're making a pitch for your business to get a new client, relationships, whatever it may be? What are the building blocks for creating the perfect case?
1: Yeah. So, you know, honestly, I think you have to be very, you know, very certain about what you want, your goals and your objectives. And even if you write these things down, I'm not even kidding you, put it down on paper and help, like, go through it. It's one thing I like to visualize and see, like, okay, if I could create my, you know, perfect scenario, what would it be? Mm-hmm. And then you really, like, piecemeal go through and say, okay, these are the steps, these are the types of things I need to be doing, I should be doing in order to move towards the X and I think about it like in a military way because a lot of friends that are special forces guys you need know, deltas berets um you know seals and they they talk about the target moving on target and getting to the X right so when you think about it that way I visualize it I'm like okay what am I trying to get to what's my objective what's my mission objective so then I plan- I map it out like that but that's what they do right when they're trying to go on a mission they, they practice they go through it they map it out and they say the steps that they need to take in order for that to be uh, achieved and it's like that whether you're asking for a promotion um you know you're trying to you know get a job anything like that and like for example when um i first was coming back and forth doing television appearances right I heard about a job that might be coming up at court TV as an anchor. So I want to move from, let me just talk about the Michael Jackson or Kobe Bryant case, right. to actually hosting a show. Well, they're not going to just hand that out to you. It's not like I had ever anchored, you know, television before, right? Sure. But I thought, how hard can it be? There's got to be a first time, so how do I get somebody to let me do it once right, right. so I can say I've done it? But anyway, so um, having done the television stuff, I found myself one day going to do Katherine Cryer's show at Court TV, and it was in 2003, October 2003, when they had the big – um, power outage for days in in New York. Okay, sure. so I was supposed to be there to do her show. All of a sudden, you know, lights out. Oh, nobody man. can get a hold of cars. Nothing. So I walk like forty five some odd, some odd blocks, yes, in heels, and get there to Court TV. Show up just in case the lights go back on. It's my whole perfect attendance thing. And I was like, I just like flew out here from San Francisco. I got to go back tomorrow. Uh-huh. Are you kidding me? I got to make this trip worth it. I got to make it count. So I showed up there. Everybody's got. Um, but I know the CEO is still there, Henry Schleif, um, who's a great business guy. He's done a lot of stuff. He's in an investigation channel, um, discovering all kinds of things. And then he was the king of core TV back in the big time day with me, Nancy Grace. all the people were there. So I show up. I convince his secretary to let me go in to say hi. I go, hey, I just want to say hi to Mr. Schleif. I've got to fly back tomorrow. This may be my one chance, you know, my to meet him and say hi and say thank you for having me on his show. It'll just take a couple seconds of his time. Just wave and say hi fine because I know I need to get in the door so and then I can do the ask so I created that uh, opening got in you don't go oh hi can i see him because i want to make a job pitch because you know it's kind of creepy the lights are out and i would like to come in and (laughs) frighten him yeah so i just just want to say hi and say thank you and put smiling bubbly and i was already dressing the part i was dressed in one of my nice little like legal outfits ready to go fine got in there had a conversation with him he's enjoying the company because he's kind of stuck there and he can't leave and i'm you know. Pleasant enough. Pleasant enough. So we're chatting. And then he brings about Ricky Klayman, who was married to Bill Bratton. And he was leaving to take the top, you know, cop job in Los Angeles at the time, leaving New York. So I said, Ricky's going to be leaving. Looks like Vinnie Politan needs um, a co-host. Well, I've done all the research about Core TV. I knew their whole lineup inside and out, etc. I was always prepared. So I ended up making the pitch telling them, listen, I think you don't need to look any further. Let's not waste anybody else's time. <laughs> I'm everything you need full package. You know, I said, listen, I've tried to have profile cases. I'll have the respectable you know, the viewers. I already have me you know notoriety from doing these cases. I'm L.A. DA's office. I'm San Francisco DA's office. You've got all these people who have never even worked at a prosecutor's office, but technically they're attorneys, you know, on the air, you know, feast your eyes on the real deal. Okay. <laughs> so he was like, yeah, sounds good. He ended up, I'm like, listen, if you do not like me, if I do not do a good job, if your numbers do not improve, you can have your money back, wow. money back guarantee. So my agents don't like that, but I feel pretty confident about it. So Went ahead, got the job, moved to New York, ended up accepting three offers, which was unprecedented. My, it's like, no, you can only like serve one mass. You can accept them from one network. I'm like, why? I'm not on the air to you know, from one to three at Court TV. What am I going to do with my morning? Right. You know? So he's like, Oh gosh. So I got ABC. They signed me in the morning, exclusive to them. So like, you know, 12 because of the West coast rear and whatnot court TV during the day. And then at night when court TV was done, I went and did prime time with Anderson Cooper and Larry King at wow. CNN. So I was killing it. That You're got machine. the attention of yeah, machine. Totally. I got the attention then of Roger Ailes who called me and it was phenomenal. And he said, he called me one day and he's like, Oh, I saw you on, um, you know, Court TV and CNN, and you know, how would you like to come over to the Fox News Channel? And I was like, you betcha, right? So that was really fantastic because I I'd always admired him and his business model and his you know, entrepreneurism because he was just so incredible. And I had studied him at UC Davis. He had written a book called you are the message. And I have a copy of it right here in my office. I actually am reaching out and putting it in my hand and it Same. says getting what you want by being who you are. Ooh, you know, and this is someone Roger advised advisor, us presidents, top executives, everything. So, I brought that book in. So when I ended up meeting him in person, again, this is about making the case. This guy can hire and hand, you know, any talent in the world. Why is he going to choose me? Why is he going to pay me and show me the money? I have to show him that I'm value added bonus, that I stand out. that you can distinguish me from the other people. He has, because he had a heavy bench, super talented. When you work at Fox news Channel, it's like playing for, you know, the Yankees, right? right, right, right. I mean, everybody here is a total winner. Everyone here is 4.0, you know, valedictorian <laughs> community service, et cetera, et cetera. You know, we've got a, several Miss America's running around here. It's unbelievable. So what can I do? I'm like, besides being a brunette at Fox, right? Which was one of my selling points. He liked that. I'm like, hey, you've got a lot of blondes here. Um, So anyway, I was able to make that case, show him the book from my college class, had him autograph it, the whole deal. And he loved it. And he saw that I didn't like just run out and buy it at the store. It wasn't like clean, nice copy. It was all highlighted and written in because I had used it. It was my assigned reading. (laughs) That was the closer, you know, because like if, if you're not closing, you, you know, you're behind, you're standing still, you're stuck mm. in cement. That's what I always tell people.
0: This is amazing.
1: <laughs> I know. I love right? your storytelling like as well.
0: <laughs> so so I'm curious, what's, what's next for you? What's your vision right now moving forward? What do you want? I mean, it seems like you have gotten everything you wanted. Uh, is there another level for you?
1: Yeah, well, you know, I wanted to do the book. Like I said, I could have done a book. I had a bunch of offers to do books like on politics and everything like that. Sure. It was sort of a layup, right, given the audience at Fox. But I wanted to do something that was giving back. So here's the the other part of it. Yes, you can achieve things enough if you set your mind to it. I really believe it. I'm living proof of it. And the people that, you know, I take on in my life to, like, coach and mentor, you know, they win too. Like, you just, you can do it. It's really 100%. Possible especially if you 're not afraid to also ask for help like give and receive, so the other balance on that is that you have to um give it give back to me. I think it's extremely important if you 've had so many blessings in life or opportunities or people that believed in you, people that mentored to you. you better pay it forward right because sure to those, like much that's been given, much is expected. So, you know, I I do that. That's what I do. And like writing this book that was very, you know, revealing, it was personal, you know, about my parents, all that was not easy to do. But so many people said to me, Kimberly, how can we get to where you are? Or can you talk to my child? You know, I want to talk to, you know, reach out to young people to be able to let them know that there's a path and there's a means to be able to do it. And adults that are like trying to make a shift or just want to do something better or more interesting, more fulfilling in their life there's a lot of people out there do you not know there's more people that are perhaps like struggling personally or emotionally or financially and it's just because they haven't tapped into it you know
0: right exactly yeah a lot of people.
1: And you want to reach those people. You want to tell them like this is possible. You can make this happen, and like don't give up. When people are like, "Whoa, I've got a job, it's stable. I have a family. I don't know mm-hmm. about taking a risk. I've got a paycheck coming in. There's some safety and uncertainty, but there can also be some stagnation. Yep,
0: exactly. In that kind
1: and, of model. So. Too, yeah. Right, and complacency, and then you sit there and you become, like, soft, so to speak, mentally, right. physically, et cetera, you're not getting after it, and then people are like, whoa, what, you know, what, so, like, what makes me different from somebody else? I think just because I'm I'm hungry about it and I try and, and do it, I try and do the things that I actually dream about um you know, as a Pisces in my head, I think about these things and I go, oh, yeah. so, you know, what's next? I don't know. May- more books, maybe uh, <laughs> politics. I certainly had a lot of experience, but being first lady and working in the DA's office, I've grown up around politics my whole life. Um, people talk to me about, would you like to host your own show? Well, I mean, if I decide about doing that later, right now, I love being part of my team, part of The Five and part of Bill O'Reilly show in Hannity. I fill in, I host in the morning. It was very unusual Um, you know, for Brunette to host the morning show that's, like, all about, like, you know, sunshine and blondes and all of that, but now I'm doing it because personality can make the day. I always knew I could do it, but then I was able to fill in when other people were out on the holidays and said, just put me in one time. I go and do me a favor and give me like six minutes of your time to watch the screen and like pay attention and tell me what you think. Wow. And now I do that regularly when my friend Elizabeth Hasselbeck is out, they'll ask me to come in on Fox and Friends, you right. know, because I'm the I'm the kind of gal that will do the, you know, Shoot the pool segment, do the canoeing outside, interview the band, do the chicken wing eating contest, which I did win on Fourth of July, and I, <laughs> I Bob Beckel. By the way, that's on YouTube. It's and no, they didn't speed the tape up. So it, viewer advice uh, warning. Yeah, it's pretty scary actually because I was like doing them two at a time. Yeah. <laughs>
0: we'll, link that, we'll, we'll link we'll link that up in the show notes so people can watch that video.
1: It's uh, pretty funny, right? But it's like it's the mental power, right? Like we, people wouldn't necessarily put their money on me unless you know me right. that okay, Kimberly's not gonna take a defeat in the chicken wing in contest. She's <laughs> gonna make it
0: happen. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, a few things a few things I pulled from that. One, I love I'm a Pisces as well, so that's why I feel like I have a good connection with you. I love Wait, you. are you
1: a March baby or uh, or
0: March sixteenth?
1: Oh, are you March sixteenth? Yeah. Right before St. Patrick's Day on March ninth.
0: Exactly. exactly, yeah. So I, I love your hustle and your drive because that's what I have as well. Uh and your heart. You know, for me, I've I've got a book coming out later this year and one of the chapters is living a life of service. And I feel like if you're not giving back the gifts that you've you've built and created and others have given to you, then what's the point of just being selfish so and true. taking it all yourself? So um I want to ask you a question about I've asked a lot of big leaders on this this podcast this question. First, I want to ask you a different question that's going to lead into it, and that is, what's the biggest lesson you learned from being married and then getting divorced? Mm,
1: tough. So, you know, um, I saw with my parents a very loving relationship, okay? My mom was born in Aguadilla in Puerto Rico. My father was born in Ennis County, Clare, Ireland. And they met in San Francisco and it was like super passionate, Sparks, like this amazing. And at the time, you know, my mother was you know, she had quite a few men uh, after. I think someone had already like proposed to her. My dad I was like, No, 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 no. My dad had to like make the case to to get my mom. Wow. Okay. Wow. Look at him, and smart guy. Yeah, he was smart. So what happened was he happened to be around and uh, there. He was like, working construction with his uncles and stuff and had moved to, um, you know, San Francisco. He happened to have a ladder in the back of his car. He's like, I'll help you. You're locked out of your house. So he helped her, he got in, you know, in the window, the whole deal. And then he went over to try and, you know, make nice, you know, with her parents, except my mom's parents did not speak English at the time because they came over um, here to San, or to San Francisco when the last two of the five kids, you know, were 10 and 11, my mom and her sister Juanita, right? So they weren't quite conversant in English. Sure. So he's like, well, how am I going to, you know, get them to like me? So he sang, everybody likes beautiful music, and he's an incredible wow. singer. He even sang with, yeah, Elvis Presley when he was in the wow. U.S. Army at the same time as Elvis. Yeah, and he sang with Frank Sinatra, too, over in Ireland. So that's how he was able to make his case, through music. He translated, he found a way. They loved him, Puerto and that Ricans helped loved, him get my mom. Yeah, Puerto
0: huh? Ricans love music. They love singing and dancing. They love it. They love it.
1: He was an amazing singer and an amazing dancer, so they like— they, he had them at the first note, you know. That's so that was great. really, really great. So I saw that kind of passion and love. Like my mom was super, super, you know, sexy, fun, and loving. She, my dad would come home. My mom would like go and sit on his lap and like kiss on him, like in a sweet way. And oh. it was just very charming to see. And she was always doing new and interesting things. Like for example, one time she decided she wanted to take up like belly dancing and she sewed costumes for herself and for her best friend. And she took the classes and she would do the dancing for my father. And he was like, this is amazing. What a good idea to marry her. Mm -hmm. So I saw that type of thing. So I always like within my life, I was like, you know what, you can have the best, you know, marriage ever. Right. And even though my mom passed away, she was just 37 years of age. My dad never lived a day of regret because he was so happy to be with her, you know, on this planet. Like he just, and you know, as he said to the greatest gifts in the world, my man, get up, my brother, Anthony. So, I had this beautiful idealistic, you know, vision kind of a marriage and I really want to be, you know, married forever. And I still do believe that I can. You know, I do believe in the power of great love. And that if you when you asked me earlier, like, what do I see for myself next? Personally I would like to achieve the success that I have professionally. I would like to win in my personal life. And I feel like I have a lot to give and I'm not gonna say, Oh, because I've you know, failed before, you know, at marriage, oh, you know, it's over for me. I don't think so. And I feel like I'm even better having gone through the challenges of marriage because I'm not afraid to make a commitment. I'm also not afraid to say, you know what, maybe I got it wrong and pick myself up, which was very difficult. I mean, when I got divorced last time, it was after my father had passed away and I never felt, you know, more alone in my life, mm. you know, but I had to sit there and like really pull it out from, you know, inside of me, the strength to you know, just continue to go forward. And it was is very challenging. So for for me, I think what I've also learned about and I write about in the book is about communicating. Like you may be a great communicator as it relates to like for me, for example, in the courtroom, in, you know, on television, you know, professionally, but what can you do to improve your interpersonal relationships? What can you take away from the relationships that you had and try and make yourself better? So when I tell people like, oh, well, you've been married 24, I'm like, yeah. I go, guess what? Yeah. This is the new and improved Kimberly Guilfoyle. <laughs> you have the best timing in life. I am so happy that you meet me now, versus yeah. what you met me earlier. That's how I think. Yeah. I have the benefit of relationship experience, knowing what works, and being able to be have the humility to say I got something wrong and let me try again. Like wh- why not, right? Why not? So why wouldn't somebody want to, like, cash in on that and say, you know what, Kimberly, I I love your heart. I love that you're not afraid to take a chance even, you know, in a relationship, in love, that you really believe, um, that I have a very good, you know, family example of tremendous love and devotion. And people see how I treat those that are in my life, you know, interpersonally. Like, if you're in my circle, you stay. You're in, and I've Mm. got you. You're going to ask me for something. (laughs) I'm going to exceed your expectations. I have my girlfriends and all my childhood friends, like, since kindergarten.
0: That should tell you something. that's big. That's big.
1: Yeah, I don't abandon people. A relationship may not have worked out, but I don't abandon people. You know, I literally communicated with my ex-husband Gavin today and my ex-husband Eric Valenci, who is the father of, you know, Ronan. So I... They would say Kimberly Guilfoyle, best friend, worst enemy, <laughs> because I'm very loyal, very passionate. I'm like my mom that way. She's so super sweet until you mess with somebody she cared about.
0: <laughs> I love so that's the
1: Puerto Rican, right?
0: Of course. Now, do you, um, you know, that with so many divorces happening, I think it's over fifty percent mm-hmm. right now, and then a lot of marriages that probably should be divorced that aren't, where people are just right because people stay
1: safe, right? Not, exactly. They're afraid,
0: which what, I get. Right. Do you believe that you can, you know, and then with people like Oprah who aren't married, who are on top of the world and other people who just don't get married. Do you believe uh-huh. that you can achieve your biggest vision in life and and have it all professionally, but also have a successful marriage?
1: I do. I like saying that. <laughs> I do, yes, I do believe it. I have seen make, it. Make I see it, evidence me. of it here. Well, I'm going to tell you that I I have seen so many great marriages here. Like my colleague Megan mm. Kelly has an incredible husband, Doug, and they are such a great team together. He's totally there for her. He's super supportive. He's great with the kids. You know, it's, it's kind of like I use the analogy from like the Carrie Underwood song, like Jesus, take the wheel. Like you have to be like that in a relationship where one person, if they're striving, they're achieving something like you take the wheel and like make the rest of it work. Like it's right. all about that team. So you can't have somebody like jealous of your success, feeling threatened by it or et cetera. So they have to be, understand it's gotta be the right fit. Okay. It may not be like two Titans. Maybe that's not going to work out per se. Okay. But like Martha McCallum here, another fantastic marriage, Gretchen Carlson. These are all amazing female anchors who have really wonderful, you know, stable home lives and kids. Um, also, my co-host on The Five, Dana Perino, former Bush, you know, White House press secretary, great husband, you know, in Peter and their dog Jasper, everyone knows about. But the point is, is that like I've seen it in action. So what I do is I try to look to successful models, right? Right. Of what I see. And then I get in my head to think about, well, how can I self-actualize? How can I achieve and attain the same thing? Well, perhaps I'm being attracted to like the wrong kind of men. Right. Sometimes that happens. (laughs) Maybe I need somebody who's more like, you know, emotionally, physically, like in line with me. Mm. You know, that has the same kind of passions and interests, that has kind of the same, you know, world view. um, somebody that is uh, you know, a very, you know, a positive person. I'm a positive person, you know, and I, I don't love no. You may, you may tell me no about something, but I'm going to see how I can get to yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or at least learn and grow from the experience or work on something and get better. It's like, well, maybe it's a no for now, but I'd rather hear a no. Because it means that I asked or I put myself out there or I tried, whether it's in a relationship with something that, you know, someone you want to go out with or whether it's a a job you want to get or, you know, um, a promotion you're going after. Better to have heard a no because that means you were putting yourself out there and taking a risk than never even go in the room.
0: Mm -hmm. That's true. Right? Yeah.
1: Because that's that is, sure. that's like Nowhereville. I mean, I don't know. It's like, that sucks. Like, people who do yeah. that, it's like, I wish I could jump inside their body and and make the case for them. You know, I, literally, I saw I was, the other day I was at Good Day New York, okay? And there was this lady, it's a little side tangent. Um, there was this lady there, and she's Beyonce's, I don't remember her exact name, but she's Beyonce's lead dance captain. I think that's what they go by on their resumes these days. She's like the lead dancer for Beyonce. And she is a knockout. She's was stunning dancer, great moves, everything. And I stopped her and I said, so are you super happy with everything you're doing? I said, because you're a huge star, you've got great screen presence and charisma. And I said, can you sing at all? She's like, well, I can sing, you know, a little bit. I go like, yeah, but then there's J-Lo. Like is J-Lo known for like a Pavarotti voice or Mariah Carey? No, but J-Lo is a great branding and marketing machine. Okay, and she's a great dancer. I said, so what about if you had backing vocals? What if you had um, you were in a part of a girl band? So I was giving her all these ideas, and I said, have you even asked any of the people in your industry to be able to give you some help or connect with a record label, do something like that? I go, because you're working with people like Beyonce, Jay-Z, all these people. Like You have everyone around you already built into your circle right. that you could, in fact, get to help you. right? And she's been doing some acting and stuff like that. And so she loved the idea of it. And she says, you know, I'm going to talk about this someday, how you gave me this talk, you gave me this speech to believe in myself. Mm. So so that's my point. So what I need to do, sure, we all think we need to work on. I'm now working on my personal life because I want to be able to, you know, make the case for myself to be in a great relationship and I want to choose well um, and I'm excited, like I said, about what I have to offer. So this is my new little project.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I
1: love Isn't that, that. funny? I yeah. And people, oh, Kimberly, you must get asked out all the time, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Okay, great. But, you know, it's not like... The numbers, it's not like, okay, the more people that ask out. I mean, but guess what else? I always, people are like, oh, well, you must have, no, listen, I say to people, hey, to my dentist, to my doctor, <laughs> might you know somebody that would be lovely to introduce me to, right? You do something like that, and you have to put yourself out there. Yeah. If you get invitations to go do things, maybe you should go. Don't sit there and curl up in a ball, you know, pounding like, you know, popcorn, even if right. it's like Guinea Pop and watching Netflix when you could be out socializing. Sure. Go take a yoga class if you like it. Maybe you'll meet a guy there. Exactly. You know, I have a friend that did that. She met some guy. She likes the hot yoga situation. So she kept going to a bunch of hot yogas. I go, just don't go to the same place every day. Go to a bunch of <laughs> hot yoga places um, and then maybe you're going to find somebody, right? right. Sure enough. You know, yeah. my friend met this guy Bill and he's like a nice fisherman. He likes hot yoga. They're like, you know, sailing off into the sunset together, uh, catching a Marlin puritan <laughs> there. Right? I love it. I
0: love it. This is awesome. Um Yeah,
1: that's a girl I just met on the bus, like on the gym. I was like, Hey, what's happening? And I told her, I said, Hey, you work down in the financial district, you know? Do you know any people that are like American psycho that might be nice? <laughs> <laughs> that would be good for a nice girl like myself, you know. So And also there you, you have to set reasonable expectations, right? Like sure. okay, can you know, is this somebody that um, is you know, looking to get married, or is it somebody who's not? It all depends because there's guys out there, maybe they want to get married. Maybe there's guys out there, they don't want to get married. So when guys ask me about this, and it's very, very funny, Lewis, I get interviewed right away from people, right? They'll say, <laughs> Oh, okay, well, would you want to do this? Would you want to do that? They like fire off 10 questions on the first date, like- right? Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, okay, let me fill out this questionnaire. Let me get my number two pencil and try to color within the circle um, so the Scantron machine can read it. But they want to know, like, what are you looking for? What do you like to do? And that's these are all important questions, right? Right.
0: Exactly.
1: Because you really do need to be able to Figure out for yourself what it is you're looking for, and I have a girlfriend, Gigi Stone, who always says that. Well, Kimberly, let's like make a list. Let's like you know put it together and like talk about you know what you would like. So that's like the, you know like a fun thing to talk about sure. and to do. And also, you know, a lot of people wait to do that, like in their like have their personal relationships till they feel they're like in a good place. I know many men are like. Well, I want to get to this. I'll be able to retire and choose. And, oh, then I'll reach this certain goal. Oh, I want to provide financial stability, so I'm going to hold off. And I tell people, if you have too much of a formulaic approach – you might miss out on the greatest love out there just because you're like, well, I want to wait for six months or I want to wait till after Labor Day. I'm like, what are you <laughs>
0: talking about?
1: Do you right. get what I'm saying?
0: Of course. Yeah, of course. Right.
1: And then, like, that's no way to live. And then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, well, I'll just roll up on Match.com one day and, like, figure it out when I'm ready in six months. I mean, come on. <laughs>
0: I love your approach. And mm-hmm. uh, I've got a, just a couple questions left before we finish up. And um, I want to make sure everyone goes to get the book, Making the Case, How to Be Your Best, Own Best Advocate. I'll have it linked mm-hmm. up here in a second. I'll tell you guys where to go. But it's everywhere on in bookstores and online and Barnes & Noble and Amazon. Great book. And uh, I want to ask you a couple of final questions. One is, what are you most grateful for in your life recently?
1: Oh, I will for sure tell you. Um I have a little boy. He's 8 years old. His name is Ronan, middle name Anthony after my father and my brother and my mom's favorite saint. In so it's very sweet. Um, I'm super happy these days. It's been my greatest blessing to have him in my life. And he said to me, and you just you wonder how things happen in life and he said, You know, Mom, thank God you have me, otherwise, you know, you might be alone. <laughs> so cute. Wow. But he you know, and because he knows I lost my father and my mother. My brother lives in, you know, in Los Angeles and I did raise my little brother since he was eight years of age because um, that's when how old he was when my mom passed. Mm-hmm. So he's like my little buddy. He's great company. Um, I'm so happy he had gone through some challenges with ear infections and things like that, and like health issues um, related to that. And now he's like good to go. And he's just like. Cruising, you know, he's like in right. the HOV line, lane, like love and life. So I'm very happy about that, and that I'm able to, you know, have an incredible uh, job, great friends around me, and I talk about this in the book. You know, sometimes you, know, you can't choose your family, but they are the family you have. Try and make it work, right, yep, and avoid yep. family drama. But you can choose your friends. Surround yourself with. Um, loving, warm, you know, loyal people that'll have your back. As we say in the military, you know, I got your six. Like somebody is going to have your back and literally be there for you when the chips are down. You have the ability and the great power to choose those who are close to you and that you let in and make those decisions wisely. So it's people that, you know, lift you up, that aren't jealous or petty or have unreasonable expectations, but do appreciate the power of friendship and of loyalty. Uh, that's how I've found some of, even though my family got so very Small and I've got me and my little boy. Um, I do have incredible friends that I love to pieces that are really, really great.
0: Mm, I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, okay. Two final questions. The, the, the first one is if, if you could write down three truths on a piece of paper that you could share with the world, the three truths, you know, to be true about life. And, uh, this was, uh, the message that everyone saw in the world from you, what would those three truths be?
1: Oh my gosh. I wish I got this like ahead of time. Okay. Sorry. The three truths. Um, three truths. I would say, believe in yourself, give back. And let me think, cause I only have one more wish, Jeannie <laughs> with the magic lamp. Believe in yourself, give back. And I would say also, because I just, I really do think this, like be fearless. I mean, it's a little bit similar to one, but, A belief in yourself is like being loving to yourself and really just, you know, being good to yourself, like believe in yourself that you can achieve things, but also you've got to be super courageous and that's where the fearlessness comes into play for sure. And then the second one is like what you talk about is give back Mm -hmm. and, you know, pay forward your blessings. You're going to feel so much better about it. If you're happy within yourself, now it's time to like... roll it out and put it out there in the world so other people can feel good about themselves as well. And like you said, that's the key. A lot of the frustrations and things we see in life is because people in different communities that are having, you know, um, disenfranchised communities because they don't have jobs, they don't have personal happiness, they don't have safe communities or good schools for their kids. That's going to breed dissatisfaction and strife, uh, you know, in the universe. And you see when when that manifests, how deadly and dangerous it can be. So what can we do to like turn it around and, you know, collectively make sure that, you know, we're, we're doing what we can to make it happen. And again, Mm -hmm. one of the big things I believe in in life is, you know, equality of opportunity, but not a result. Like don't be expecting it for people to hand it to you, like entitlements, et cetera, et cetera, because you just disappoint yourself. Like Mm -hmm. look to see what you can do to help yourself. And, you know, um, God helps those that help themselves. I've Mm -hmm. always believed that.
0: I love that. That's great. Uh, okay, before I ask the final question, uh, I wanted to. Take I gave a you like
1: ten. That was just sprouted. <laughs> I, I it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, from one Pisces to another, Kimberly, I want to acknowledge you for a moment for your your passion. You know your your passion for me is what's come across this whole this whole interview and this uh, this episode, and I really appreciate and acknowledge you for your passion and and I think that comes from your Pisces. Uh, blood, I guess in uh, yeah. your Puerto Rican blood, but um, that too. You, uh, Thank you your commitment to creating great information for the world but also your commitment to yourself. I love that mm-hmm. you 've gone through so many different challenges in life, you know so many different relationships um, that haven 't worked out in certain cases, and yet you continue to acknowledge the process, acknowledge where you 've been, what has worked, what hasn 't worked, and you keep moving forward. And that, uh, that drive and that passion and that commitment to excellence is something I really want to acknowledge in you for a moment. So thanks for all that you do. Oh,
1: my gosh. Thank you so much. That's very sweet. I appreciate it. And I think we're both, you know, on similar paths trying to do that and help other people, you know, be their own best advocate, school of greatness, all that. It yeah. really does matter. and has an impact on people's lives, and it's a beautiful thing to see. So thank you for what you do as well.
0: Of course, yeah. Final question. It's what is your definition of greatness?
1: I would say personal satisfaction and that by mean is, and it's my simple formula, you know, how do I feel when I go to bed at night and how do I feel when I wake up in the morning about the person I am, about how I treat other people, about what I'm doing in my life, you know, professionally, am I achieving, am I doing something that is meaningful and impactful in the universe? I don't ever like to have a day where I I don't feel like I'm mailing it in. I never, I don't do that. I don't allow it because every day counts. I saw that too with just the fragility of life, how precious it is, losing my parents, just the losses that I've gone through. People haven't, you know, gone through so much and made tremendous sacrifices for me to squander my time and I won't do it.
0: Hmm. Kimberly Guilfoyle, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you.
1: Thank you, Lewis. I appreciate you as well. And also for the incredible people that check you out and go into your podcast because, you know, they're making an investment in themselves. And I'd love to hear about that. And that's uh, manifested in the success of uh, your program.
0: There you go. Thanks so much. I appreciate it.
1: Okay. Thank you.
0: Thank you guys again so much for tuning in. And I hope you enjoyed this episode with Kimberly Guilfoyle. If you did, make sure to head back to lewishouse.com slash 192 and share this episode with your friends. Also connect with Kimberly on social media, on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, and let her know that you enjoyed this episode. We got her information on how you can connect with her over at lewishouse.com slash 192. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this community. Thank you for spreading the word. I get all of your tweets. I get all of your messages on Instagram, all the tags on the photos there and in Facebook. You guys are an incredible community, so inspiring, so passionate, and I love to be of service to you, and it's my pleasure to be of service, to continue to provide great guests, great information, and seek out the most inspiring top performers in the world to share with you lessons about what it means to be great. Thank you guys again for being here. You know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great.